Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. All right. So we're joined here today with Catherine Prescott. Catherine was on the last episode. And so this is a part two. We're kind of building on the conversation that we had. For those that didn't listen to the last episode, just a quick recap of who Catherine is. Catherine is the founder and editor of VoiceBrew, which is a daily email newsletter uh, that helps people to get the most out of Alexa. I believe you started back in January. And since then, you've grown to like 30,000 email subscribers, which is pretty insane. Um, and just yesterday, you announced that you have an Alexa skill too. So if you go to the Alexa skill store and you search voice brew, uh, you'll find her Alexa skill there. Again, kind of getting the most out of your Alexa device um, through her tips of the day and stuff like that. So Catherine, welcome back. And I just want to jump right into this. Um, so last time we spoke, we talked about you know the Canalis report, this explosion in multimodal and uh, sort of the implications that are derived from that, you know, this idea of like, now that you have a screen um, with these devices, how does this change the whole dynamic? And I know that we both have a lot of thoughts on some of the ways that this might evolve, but let's start with where we left off, which is this idea of the chicken and the egg, right? It's like, if we have, you know, um, only so many devices that have this multimodal screen on them, is there a lot of incentive yet for developers uh, to start really building true multimodal experiences? So I'll kick it over to you and let you just kind of build on that. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. And very excited to be here to continue the conversation. So what you just said is exactly right. I think ultimately Amazon is clearly focused on creating high quality multimodal experiences for all of the new owners of all these multimodal devices that were sold in Q3. And Amazon wants that multimodal experience to be really good also to draw more people to buy multimodal devices. And you might be questioning right now, well, why are they so focused on multimodal devices? And I think that the reason is that they believe that when Alexa can show you things and tell you things, users can have a much higher quality experience. So clearly, Amazon right now is trying to encourage the you know, skill developer, skill creator community to develop multimodal skills through various competitions and things like that. But the challenge is, as you alluded to, Dave, that if you're a skill developer, it's going to take you, you know, a bunch more time and resources to build an Alexa skill that's optimized for the Echo Show. And when not that many people have the Echo Show, you're questioning whether it makes sense to make that investment. Um, And so what we're starting to see is that Amazon, not surprisingly, is taking things into their own hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you're right. I mean, I think that this is like, let's start with the, you know, from this notion of Amazon taking it into their own hands. I think one of the most interesting things that has come about recently in the whole Alexa sphere is this whole new partnership that they have with Discovery, who's the parent company of the food network. And so they've created this new partnership, which is uh, going to enable a app that's 
I think it's available on mobile phones as well, but it's really catered to uh, the Echo device, the Echo Show devices, the multimodal Amazon Echo devices. And, um, you know, so this Food Network Kitchen, that's what it's called, I think is really interesting because it sort of blends all the unique things of a smart display. Um, and it, it sort of leverages them all together in a really interesting way. So for, for those that don't know, this is basically a service that's going to enable like on-demand cooking. So you can think of like uh, Rachel Ray or Bobby Flay. Um, they would be sort of presenting almost like a Peloton type experience where you get these on-demand cooking shows where you follow along. So you would probably have to have all the, you know, all the necessary ingredients and, and, and the tools for the prep, but like, it's like, okay, let's get started. So we're going to start by, you know, quartering the, the pork shoulder or something like that. And I think this is just fascinating because it allows for you to view things in real time, but also view videos so that you can imagine, like for me, I'm not like the greatest cook. So it would be super helpful to literally, you know, it's like taking the recipe book and alexifying it in, in all the best ways possible so that you can literally watch a tutorial that's voice enabled because again, your hands are occupied. So you can say, stop, you know, like, uh, wait, what rewind? What did, what did they do there? You can ask questions pertinent to the information in the video. Wait, what ingredient am I supposed to be using here? Um, so I think like this is one of those moments in my eyes where we really are starting to see like, aha, so that's where this is going, right? Like we, you can use your voice, it's on demand, it's playing a video for you. You kind of think about that and you're like, wait, that really doesn't exist today. Like I can't do that with my phone really. And let alone, why would I have, you know, my phone might be in my pocket um, or my phone might be charging in my bedroom. And so like this stationary device that's in the kitchen that's specifically geared around applications in the kitchen that have a video, I think are really, really interesting. Absolutely. I agree with everything that you just said, Dave. And, you know, just to sort of really hit the nail on the head, I think that this type of experience makes a ton of sense for the Echo Show and smart displays in general, because there is such a deep fit between multimodal voice first tech and the content being delivered, in this case, cooking content. And said differently, it's a lot better when you get recipe instructions that you mm -hmm. can interact with with your voice, see videos, read, see, and hear the recipe steps, get shopping lists, uh, shopping lists delivered mm -hmm. on command. That's a really cool um, feature of this Food Network kitchen that people don't talk a ton about. That is way better, as you said, Dave, than just reading a recipe on your iPad or laptop. And just, um, you know, to follow this, you know, you're also seeing, you know, it's logical that a focus is on content for the kitchen. Mm -hmm. um, this makes a lot of sense because so many people keep their Echo Show devices in the kitchen. And this does seem to be part of a trend. We saw, you know, much more recently, another announcement of a partnership with Tasty to make their recipes available via Alexa on the Echo Show as well. I love that. And I think like you, you said something there that really caught my attention, which is like the recipe book, right? And so where this really shines is when it's performing like three jobs to be done at once, right? So like, 
if I'm cooking a meal, I need to, first I need to have the recipe of what I need to use to cook it. And then I might need a video to show me actually how to cook it, right? And so because this device can do all in one, like one of the really cool things about Food Network Kitchen is that you can ask questions and rather than like stopping the video, if you say like, how many pounds of chicken do I need? It will actually just do, you know, for certain queries, it's going to just do like a little pop-up display that will say like two pounds. And so it's, fusing together all of these different disparate things that you ultimately really need as a novice cook like myself to cook a good meal, you know, like, just like you said, and, and it, it really plays into Amazon's grand plan, you know, especially as they have like their retail grocery offering, you can imagine where it's just like, all right, I'm looking at the things that are available to cook on Food Network Kitchen. I want this and I want this this week. Boom. I get those delivered to me, all the ingredients that I need necessary, and then I'm ready to go, whether I'm watching in real time with Bobby Flay, which is like hilarious to me, or if I'm watching a recorded video of Martha Stewart. You know what I mean? Like, I just think this is such an interesting way to finally start to fuse together everything that makes both a voice assistant and a smart display so unique all in one. Absolutely. It's also great for recipe discovery. That's another mm, one of those that. jobs to be done too. I totally agree. So is there any, I mean, obviously we could talk about use case after use case that we see, but I think this is a really good example of how this kind of changes the dynamic. And, and I think the other thing that this helps to do is that chicken and the egg thing that you made mention of, you know, it's like as Amazon starts to take some of these things into their own hands, what it will maybe do is it will encourage more people to buy the Echo Show 5, which will then create more incentive, uh, you know what I mean, to, for the developers to then start to develop multimodal skills because they know they're like, well, there's a ton of Echo Show 5s being built into the kitchen. And just like you said, with like the tasty thing, it's like I wouldn't be surprised if we see more and more of the, you know, very – cooking-centric, kitchen-centric um, apps, if you will, or, or just services, um, starting to think about this a little bit different. And I think that it, it's really amplified and it's accelerated by what Amazon has done. Definitely. And, you know, I think it's just to sort of, uh, you know, wrap this up in a bow. I really do think that the usefulness of the Echo Show 5 and now the new Echo Show 8, which uh, recently totally. came out, which is a, an 8-inch Echo Smart Display. I think it's priced at about $130, so a bit more expensive than the Echo Show 5 at $90, but a lot less expensive than the you know, Echo Show second generation, which is still very much the premium device that's at $230. But um, you know, in order for people to really buy these devices, the, the experiences need to be really good. And this type of, it's exciting to see this type of investment by Amazon to make the multimodal experience really high quality. It's also a good template for others to follow in terms of creating multimodal optimized voice experiences. And, you know, you've seen them do this on the device side, you know, when, when the, they came out with the, you know, Alexa microwave, you know, the sort of line about it was, look, this is a way for them to show device makers how they could incorporate Alexa into a, uh, a device, like a kitchen device, like a microwave. Mm -hmm. In some ways, you know, this Food Network Kitchen integration is, it's like saying to the whole, you know, skilled developer community, like, look, here's a great example of what a high quality multimodal skill looks like. Yeah, totally. And I think like 
you know, in the, in the essence of time, we don't need to go into all the different uh, scenarios in which you can envision this. Like, I think we could have a full conversation around, you know, I have an Echo Show 5 in my office. And I think like what Facebook portal displayed a little bit is like this idea of chat, you know, like video chat that's really on demand, on demand. So we could have a whole conversation around like, you know, basically having, especially in like bigger organizations, rather than always having to like go and have a conference meeting, if you could, if you're on a team of like, say four or five, you could literally just have a, you know, a quick chat through that device. And again, it's like, well, you could just send a Skype meeting or a Zoom meeting. And it's like, but this is so effortless. You just say, start a meeting. You know what I mean? Like, and that's where I think this is getting at is it's not necessarily to say that like, you know, I could do all this, like the whole food network kitchen, maybe aside from the on-demand stuff. Um, but I could, you know, I could pull up a YouTube video and I could watch how to do this and I could pull up a recipe book. But again, it's like when you start to combine these things all together and add elements into each so that when you're watching a video, you can ask a question about the ingredients. That's where this dynamic really starts to, to, to take on a whole new life and be something that we really haven't seen before. Absolutely. And I do think that, you know, it's always fun to talk about, and I particularly enjoy our conversations on these <laughs> kinds of topics, Dave, but, you know, longer term, how does multimodal change things? Um, what, you know, what do you think? I mean, I think that as we've mentioned, you know, throughout these two episodes, like I think adding a screen just like you said, what it starts to do is it changes the way that people think about these things. And because it really is a voice first device as opposed to a voice only device, what you start to do is it adds to this effect of people getting conditioned to just think differently about how they communicate with their device. Like I can't tell you how many times since I've been using my Echo Show 5 for the past year that now with my phone, it really is. It's the Brett Kinsella training wheel thing where you start to think like, wait, why am I why am I retrieving the information that way? Like I use Google on my phone all the time with my voice. Now I just search through voice searching. And it's just that I think that's all a byproduct of this, like being conditioned over time with using either voice only devices or voice first devices where you start to look at every device as a voice device. Definitely. You know, one area that, you know, I, you know, one of my, one of my favorite use cases for Alexa, and I've definitely said this before is buying stuff on Amazon. I buy everything on Amazon with Alexa and I find it to be such a time saver. You know, I have had an Echo Show second generation for a long time um, in my kitchen. And so that's certainly made things easier. And I really believe that, you know, as smart display proliferation ticks up and, and more people have you know, the echo shows of the world that we could see a really big uptick in voice commerce. Mm -hmm. You know, the big difference between a smart display and a smart speaker when it comes to buying things is that smart displays let consumers browse products they want to buy. Whereas a yep. smart speaker, you know, you got to listen to Alexa read out product details on a few different things and nobody wants to do that. So, <laughs> you know, I think there's a world where, you know, every e-commerce site, you know, will need to develop an Alexa skill for the new Echo show if they want to capture some piece of this, you know, coming voice commerce wave. It's so funny. Like, you know, we 
to, to the audience now, like we uh, initially sort of just when we came together and said, hey, let's do a podcast together. I was like, let's do two episodes, one on multimodal, and then we'll kind of like build on that and talk about some of the use cases. And literally now I'm thinking, let's do a third episode on voice commerce because you're so right. And I think that multimodal is going, I remember this was a big part of the reason why I believe you, myself and some others were really bullish on, on smart displays is, I think it really does serve as a catalyst to voice commerce. So we'll wrap for today. Uh, but I think, you know, we might have another discussion here shortly uh, around this idea of multimodal and voice commerce. So thank you all for tuning in and we'll chat with you next time. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.